0: you are listening to the genesis podcast a community of faith love and hope as we look to the scriptures it is our desire to embolden one another to change the world by effectively representing jesus christ good morning you guys have a great christmas good Some of you greater than others, apparently. Some of you are following suit. That's great. It it is a wonderful time of year. It's a busy time of year. Um, It's hard to, you know, resist the cookies. You don't want to be rude to the people who bring them. And so it it has been a feast. You know, how do you say no to handmade caramel? You know, you, you don't at least I don't, and so it's been great, and we're kind of at this place where it's like still wanting to wish you Merry Christmas, but we got the new year coming, and so we're kind of in this in-between stage, and so I just wanted to to share with you guys a a little bit of something that would kind of lead us into the new year. One of the things I I do want to say before I, I start sharing a little bit is we have raised for the Haiti uh, Food, Take a Child, the Lunch Program, so far $5,175. We exceeded the $5,000 that we wanted to raise. So we will be feeding 150 children uh, lunch for one day a week for 28 weeks and then some uh, because of the money that's there as well as the people who are staffing and feeding the kids as well. So I want to thank you for participating in that I have to admit that there had been times in my life as a follower of Christ where Christmas became very mundane, where it became, oh yeah, there's Christmas, it's traditional, I know it's the birth of Jesus, I know it's supposed to be happy and good and stuff like that, but it became very routine for me. I started hating Christmas carols. I really did, I know, like bah humbug, right? It's just like, oh, we're going to sing those again. There's too many chords. There's too many words. You know, the melodies are archaic. It's just I started getting into this real downer uh, about Christmas, and it was me. It wasn't the season until we actually started the Advent Conspiracy and recognized that Christmas can still change the world, that it isn't about something that happened. It's about something that is happening and it's alive, and it's something that I think you have helped me to be able to enjoy again. I actually look forward to celebrating the season now. I look forward to the Advent season. I'm actually singing Christmas carols in my house. I'm thinking, "Who am I? What's going on? What happened to me?" And I've begun to, I began loving the season again. And it's in large part to you and your generosity throughout the years and what we've done with the Advent Conspiracy. So thank you for rescuing me this Christmas season with your generosity and the things that we are doing in Haiti, as well as other areas, Mexico, and with the Healthy Start program. We want to continue doing those things. And again, Christmas does change the world, and it still does. So thank you again for that. I just wanted to share that. So we are going to be talking about not just... The past year but about what's ahead but in a a different sense turn with me to Luke chapter 6 as we look at 2015 and some of the things that happen I want to start off here in Luke chapter 6 we're going to start in verse 46 says why do you call me Lord Lord and do not do what I say As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck that house but could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed, and its destruction was complete. 2015 was a crazy year. A lot of things happened. Some of the things that you know might stand out to us, there were some deaths, some iconic people. In the music industry, B.B. King passed away. The film industry, Leonard Nimoy, Spock, is no longer with us. Even in the sports, Yogi Berra passed away. I know there's more, but it always happens in threes, they say, so I just kept it in a three. This year, this past year, China ended its old one-child policy that has been in place since 1979 which is pretty monumental. You were only allowed to have one child in China. Now you're allowed to have two. We still can't move to China, have too many kids, (laughs) which is a pretty big deal, actually, because they're concerned about the future. Of course, same-sex became legal. There were 130 people killed in the Paris terrorist attack, 14 here in San Bernardino. Those things probably are still etched in our minds, what you might not know is there was over 2000 people crushed to death in Iran during their annual pilgrimage to Mecca, an accident that took place there. There's an estimated 9 million Syrian refugees who have fled the country, who have caused, you know, concerns all over the world that's in the news. But it's not all bad news. You know, i got to have some good news. Adele came out with a new album. (laughs) Uh, Hello. Um, This year, we finished building the cafeteria in Haiti and dedicated that. And so that was good news. Um, And, you know, when we look at these things, sometimes it can leave us a, a little bit, I don't know, uneasy, wondering what else could happen. Because these are things that happen maybe in a global context or in a larger context, but it also happens to us in an individual context. We have good things. We have bad things. And so, you know, a personal survey might look a lot like this global one. And so what I want to do right now, I want you to take a minute, and I want you to take out your cell phones. Go ahead. Imagine that. In church, they ask you to take out your phone. I want you to do something. I want you to send yourself a text as if this was some kind of interstellar black hole where you get to go back in time. I want you to send yourself a text. What would you tell yourself January 1st, 2015? Before this year started, now that you know all that's happened in this year, if you were to write yourself just 140 Words are less, so that way it can go on Twitter later if you want it. If you wanted to write yourself something, what would you say to yourself January 1st, 2015? Okay, go. Yo, can we have some Christmas music while everyone is, is writing themselves a text? You got about 50 seconds left, no pressure. I won't interrupt you. The music won't interrupt you apparently either. <laughs> you could text your January 1st, 2015 self, what would you say? And go ahead and send it to yourself unless you're worried about your data plan. Okay, I'm seeing most of you are done. If you're still writing, you can. Now, whatever you sent yourself, whether it was good news to prepare for, if you sent yourself a text that said, enjoy the year, God bless you. If you sent yourself a text that said, watch out or duck, right? I mean, if you sent yourself a text, either good or bad, You know, one thing that you can be certain that every year holds in store for us is storms. There are going to be storms that come our way. You can be certain that the storms are coming. The water is going to rise. Something unexpected will happen this next year. There is going to be more death. There is going to be more tragedy. There is going to be uncertain things that happen. That's why Jesus said in verse 48, 49, when the torrents come, not if they come, when they come, because they are going to come. They're coming. And the way to live in wisdom for the future is to prepare for the storms today, to prepare our lives for What is going to happen, we start now. We start building the foundation. We start digging that so that it's deep, so that it can hold us when the storms come, so that we aren't swept away, so that we don't budge. And that's really my desire. I want to leave you this morning ready for whatever is going to happen in 2016, I want us to be prepared for whatever is going to happen because your foundation is so deep and is so strong that when the storms start to come in, you're able to just go inside, be secure in the home and just listen to the rain because you know that you will not be moved. That's one of my most favorite things to do is to actually hear the rain, but to be inside out of it. I don't enjoy listening to the rain when I'm in it as much as I do when I'm sheltered from it. And so my prayer for us in 2016 is that you will weather the storms and be able to hear the rain and not be moved. And so it all begins with how we handle these torrents. It begins with what we do with the words that Jesus said. That's why he said, whoever hears these words of mine and does them. And so there are these different types of faith that we need to recognize. There's, first of all, just a faith that is in God, that believes that God exists. Hebrews 11 says, whoever... Whoever comes to God must believe that he exists and that he's the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And so some of us might be in a place right now where that's just the big step for us to believe that there is this being who exists. And so that requires one type of faith. There is another type of faith where we believe in the things that God does. We believe that God did send Christ for that you know sacrifice for our behalf we we believe that god does hear our prayers we we believe the things that god does faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of what we don't see and so there is a, a faith that believes that god does something but there there is this type of faith that jesus is talking about where it is believing but it's acting on what god says The faith that Jesus is talking about here is how we act based on the belief in what Jesus actually says. It's not based on how certain you are that God is going to act, but it's based on how you act believing in God. And so it's important to understand that there is belief in God, but then there is also believing God believing God that he is living and is a reality and is working within our lives. And, and that's what Jesus is talking about here. He's, want us, he's wanting us to move from a place where just we believe in God, where we actually believe God now, today, and, and at work. This is similar to what James talks about. A faith without deeds is what? It's dead. It, it has no life. If you see someone who's poor and in need and you say to them, hey, be warm and be filled, it does nothing. That's what faith without action, faith without deeds is. It's no substance. A friend of mine in La Paz gave me a book on how to speak Spanish. It's sitting on my desk. And it hasn't helped me at all because I haven't opened it. You know, you can... Look at a GQ magazine, and you can see all these guys with their their abs and their nice hair and nice clothes. Looking at that magazine will not give you good abs, nor will looking at the infomercials. They will not change you. I love to watch infomercials while I'm eating popcorn, Right? It's not until you actually put these things to practice, I need to open the book, I need to actually start reading this, I have to do the exercise, I have to buy the clothes, I have to actually act on these things, otherwise there is no benefit to me, and it's the same thing in this area of faith. There has to be an action that takes place, because I want our lives to be secure in this, And so Jesus starts off in just trying to help us. You know, in in 2016, my hope is that you won't need to be rescued because you're secure. And this idea of being rescued, do you know people or maybe you are a person who always needs to be rescued? That's why Jesus starts off and he says, why do you say to me, Lord, Lord? He's not saying that because that's how they talked, you know, Sam, Sam, Ted, Ted. He's saying that because it is an exclamation. It's like saying, help, help. Like when your kids are falling, they might say, dad, dad, they're, they're yelling out. Why do you cry out to me, Lord, Lord? It's this cry to be rescued. Why do you ask for help, ask for help? But then he says, don't do the things that I say. Why do you ask me for help, but don't listen to the counsel I give? He doesn't want us to always be needing to be rescued, although he will always rescue you if you need it. That's the amazing thing. He is gracious. He will always rescue us, but he wants us to be, people of depth who put into practice the things he says. I think when it comes to faith, a lot of times we think we develop our faith in big things. I pray for miracles, cancer be healed. I, I want to see mountains moved. I want to see God do the incredible. And we, we think faith in, in these large terms, but really faith is established in the little daily things that we do. That's how we start to to dig deeper. That's how we start to invest our lives in the things that Jesus has said. It's not the big issues. Faith is all about the, the theology issues. God does not need us, you know, theological things that try and capture our minds, like, does does God need us to actually pray to answer our prayer? If he knows we're going to pray for it, do we have to pray? Or Jesus, when he was tempted, could he have sinned? Is it really a temptation if you don't sin? You know, these are like theological issues. Those aren't the areas where our faith is built. Those questions, they might be interesting, but that's not where you establish faith. You establish faith in the small things. Our faith is this practical sense that Jesus is speaking about. It doesn't grow in the big arena. It grows in the small things. And here's the key to how to grow our faith in the small moments. It's to take those times, like how do you respond when you're angry? What do you do? Do you, do you give in to that anger? How do you respond when someone hurts you? Do you want to get revenge or do you forgive? How do you respond when you have an opportunity to tell the truth, but to tell a lie will make life easier for you? You see, these are all areas where faith becomes practical to us. And there's these small things that start to change who we are. Like I said, it's easier to act like a Christian than it is to react like one. When someone cuts you off, that's when we see what's in you. Not when you come here. You guys look all nice today. There was a time when my brother was driving down the road. He was at a church, and he saw one of the guys who went to the church. And so he goes, oh, his name was Eduardo. Hey, there's Eduardo. So he honked his horn to wave at Eduardo. Eduardo turned around and flipped him off. (laughs) And then realized, oh, that's the pastor of the church. (laughs) See, it's easier to act like a Christian than it is to react like one. And so it's in these areas, how do you respond when anger? You see, if you start to act out your faith in that area, what it's doing is it's digging in deeper. When you're hurt, if you start to forgive instead of hold grudges, it starts to dig deeper in these areas. It starts to put this faith into practice so that it becomes a reality in your life and it starts to affect you more. It starts to shape you. And so what are some other areas that we can put into practice? What are some of the things that Jesus talks about in Scripture? Go ahead. You can shout them out to me. What are some of the things that Jesus talks about? Love your enemies. Love your enemies. Ooh, There's a good one. Start off hard right away. What's that? Be patient. Be patient. Just those two? Nothing else? We got this? Being a Peacemaker. A peacemaker. Okay, anything else? Love your neighbor. Be kind. kind. All right, flowing now. And, And so look at all these things that we're talking about. Notice that when you think of the things that Jesus talked about, it's not doctrinal issues. It's not theology, right? What are the things that Jesus talked about that he wants us to do? It's these practical things. Now, theology is in the things that he says, but that's not the focus. They're there but you don't need a master's in theology to practice this type of faith, to put these things into practice. And and so here's some exercise for us so that we can start developing deep roots, foundations that are sure. Does anyone have someone in their life that they don't like or that bothers them? I'm gonna raise both my hands up. Okay, I surrender. Okay. Okay. So what I want you to do is this week, all of you who raised your hands, we'll talk about lying next to those who didn't, (laughs) all of you who raised your hands, I want you to do something kind for that person that you dislike. I want you to send them, (laughs) hit a nerve, did we? I want you to send them a text maybe. A card. You know, here's what you could do. If they're on a diet, you can send them cupcakes. That way it's a nice thing, but you kind of get to them. (laughs) Now you know how I think. (laughs) What I want you to do is put into practice a kind of faith that puts action before the emotion. To put those kinds of things. Jesus talked a lot about helping those who are in need, those who are poor. Maybe buy a gift card for McDonald's or wherever you want. If you see someone who's homeless, show generosity and give them the card. No strings attached. I just want to help you. Why? Because this is doing what Jesus said to do. Being truthful Maybe there's someone here, is there anyone here who's told a lie in the last, fill in the blank, okay, (laughs) (laughs) hour, day, week, anyone here told a lie? All you other liars. (laughs) What about coming clean and telling the truth? with that thing that you told a lie about. See, now it starts to become real. But you see, this is where we dig deep. It's in these little things that we do that actually connect our hearts to the foundation of God. That's why you will find that people who are actually still in recovery, people who have been addicts or whatever, struggling in some area, the ones who stay recovered are usually the ones that then help others recover. It's not a coincidence. What's happening is their life is becoming proactive in doing things, not just believing things, not just hearing things. We have come to a place where we just think what we feel, what we believe is enough and it really comes down to the little things that you do. That's why Jesus said, if you love God, and, or James says, if you love God but hate your neighbor, or John said it, it's in the Bible. <laughs> if you love God but hate your neighbor, something's wrong. Why? Because... God is love, and that doesn't line up. You see, the actions connect us to the God who's asking us to do these things. And so this is what we need to do. When we do this, it builds our faith because the storms are coming. There's going to be more terror. There is going to be more hurt. More people who we love are going to get cancer. More people we know are going to lose their jobs. More marriages are going to crumble. Storms are coming. And I don't wish the storms on any of us, but what I wish is for a foundation that will hold us. And sometimes the only thing that keeps me from drowning from the torrents is the people I'm responsible for. It's my wife, it's my family, that I have to go home, that I I have to be there for them. Sometimes that's part of, I need to show up here and that's where I start building and digging those roots. It's Genesis. If you guys weren't here, I don't know where I'd be. Wouldn't be here. This has become a place that actually has brought strength to me. Because I, I feel it's important to share things that are going to be helpful to you and they end up being helpful to me. I need to to be a, a father who who lives an example for my kids and I don't always, but that desire helps to dig roots in for me so that when the storms come, I've already dug that foundation. You see, you have to start digging it now for when it does come. I know some of you went through some terrible things in 2015. I know you've lost your children. I know you've lost health. And I know that you are strong because... Before that happened, you had roots that were deep. And it didn't just hold you, it held me. Your faith was an example to me, showing me that I want to, to dig deep and I want to be a person who isn't swayed. Oh, it hurts. Oh, you can cry. You can have the emotions that we're human, we're going to have, but you have a faith through those things that doesn't move you. And now you've become an example to the people around you, to your family, to us as a community. But it started with the little things. You see, these people I know who... Who's, through these things, they are people who are generous constantly. They are people who are giving constantly. They are people who are showing kindness constantly. It it is those little things that has give them the breath and the depth to be able to withstand the storm. Otherwise, it would knock them down. And it will you and it will me if we don't start digging these things now. There are two houses that Jesus talks about that are being built. Notice one goes up fast. Built on the sand, just boom, he starts building, starts building up. The other has to start going down before it can go up. Why do you go down if you're trying to build something? And it takes a lot longer and it's a lot slower process. But if you don't dig the foundation, it doesn't matter how good it looks. When the actions come, the reactions show. And that's what we need to start doing today so that 2016, whatever comes, we started acting out on the words that Jesus said in these small areas, in the small things in your life, in how you interact with the people who are near to you, how you talk to, treat your husband, your wife, your brothers, your sister, your mom, your dad, coworkers, friends, how you start treating those who are in need, how you start feeling about those who have let you down, who have hurt you. Are you going to just close them off, become bitter, become someone distant to them, or are you going to start acting out the things that are going to be beneficial, loving your enemies, doing good to those who hurt you, praying for those who spitefully use you? Are you going to put into action the words of Jesus so that it develops a strong foundation? For too long, people have been caring about what people believe about God and not enough about believing in God in our daily lives. I know people who theologically just are sound, who know the scriptures far better than I do, but they're just mean people. They're bitter, they're angry, hostile. I think, why? Why does why this person know so much, but acts so wrong? It's because in these little areas, our lives are shaped. In these small things, we start to develop the roots that we need you know, we can focus on just doctrine and theology and think that if we've got it all right, then we'll automatically live right as well. It's not about what you know, it's about how you live. I have this app on my phone. It's called Time Hop. It's this cool app where what it does is it every day it gives you kind of what happened in your life a year ago, two, three, four, five, however long you've been on social media. It'll pull up all your comments, whether it's on Facebook or on Instagram or Twitter. Anything you say, it'll give you what happened a year ago and so on. And it's kind of cool because I love quotes. I like quoting. I don't know if you guys know. I'm always, you know, quoting. I like making up quotes. If I hear a quote that I like, I, I like quoting that quote. And I try and post, you know, the things that I hear. I try and give you the names so you don't just think everything is mine. You know, that's him. He's genius, (laughs) you know. Yes, that's right. Early to bed, early to uh, rise for people without electricity. That one's mine. It's not as good as Benjamin Franklin's. But anyway... I like quotes because it gives you a sentence that causes sentiment. It gives you something to think about that can move your mind in a direction. I just think it's a powerful thing to be able to just use words and to actually engage that conversation. And so it's fun looking at the time hop and looking back at what things happen. And when you said something, I remember what I was feeling at that time. I remember where I was, what was going on in my life Or it shows pictures. Oh, I remember that. It was, you know, the birthday and the family was there all these things some of them are sad you know you see some things and like you go wow that happened you know oh that's right that that's one of those things it's like when you're looking at facebook and you see a picture of your friend and they're like you know kissing someone and you think oh that's a beautiful picture but then you're like wait that's not his wife you know what happened you know something happened there and you're like Do I like it? I don't know. You know, you're just kind of uneasy about it. So some of these, you know, provoke emotions that were like, wow, I forgot about that. I forgot what happened. And so today I I got up this morning and I wanted to see what my time hop said because I thought, well, this could be, you know, relevant to the topic, you know, Bill, what had happened? And there was nothing. I had a a picture that a friend of mine sent to me. He sent it like six years ago saying it was like a goofy picture. Hi, I just, you know, wanted to say hi to you on Facebook. I was like, that's it? That's all that happened in my life a year ago? You see, the thing is, if you don't put anything in today, there will be nothing for you to call back on tomorrow if you don't put the input into your life now, there will be nothing you can draw from tomorrow. And so the things that you do today are the things that will hold you and carry you tomorrow. And I want us to understand that when the year comes, and the torrents come, and the waters rise, that we did the things that Jesus said that prepared us for those times. But it happens now, and it happens today. So let's not be hearers. We know the Bible. We we know what it says Let's do the little things daily and see how it changes who we are. Let's pray. Lord, I know that I live so often thinking that just my belief is enough. And because I know you and because I know what you have done for me, because I know that I'm forgiven, there are times where that's all that I do. And, and I don't put the effort into the relationships that are around me. I, I'm not kind towards my family or towards the people who I encounter. I, I don't show compassion to those who are in need. I, I become a person who consumes for my own gratification. And Lord, when I live like that, I have no depth. I have no root. And Lord, there's been more than one time in my life I've stumbled because of how I've been living. Lord, I, I know that there are many here who are the same. And so, my prayer for us is that we would be a people who would act out the things that you have told us. I pray your spirit would bring to mind your words. And that we would make the decision to listen to them. Lord, I pray that today we would prepare our lives for tomorrow. And whatever might come, whatever hardship is there, may we stand together in an obedience to what you've said. So that at the end of 2016, when we text ourselves, When we look back, we can see growth. We can see depth. We can see stability because of what we did. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. May you do the things that Jesus said and have a life that is not shaken by the storms that will come. And may your home be a place where others will be rescued because you stand firm. God bless you guys. Happy New Year. I'll see you next year. Have a great time. Enjoy each other's company. You have been listening to the Genesis podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings.